What is up, P7 fam? Seth Boyd here. I hope you're having an incredible week so far. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of our P7 podcast. Whenever we drop a P7 podcast, I get excited. And here's what you can count on. It's, it's going to be encouraging. It's going to be equipping. And we hope to have a great time in the process. For this episode, we've got an incredible uh, man that's going to be speaking to us, Victor Jackson, no stranger to many of you. Um, and honestly, it's fire. He shares some incredibly powerful insight about your role in the school and how you can be an influence even while you're navigating some tough times. So grab a pencil, grab a pen, or open up those notes sections uh, of your phone because you're going to want to write a few things down. Let's go get it. Thank you so much for joining our national P7 Zoom, um, as we call it, P7 Zoom with the fam. Um, It's awesome to have you a part of these calls. On these calls, we are going to be inspired. We're going to be impacted. Um, We're going to learn so much that we can apply to our P7 clubs. Um, And I believe we're going to see God do some amazing, powerful things in 2021. So the way they're going to work as we heard last month, uh, and if you haven't, um, if you go on our youth, the UPCI Youth Ministries YouTube channel, um, you can check out um, the devotion that was given um, last month by our P7 director, Brother Seth Boyd. You can go check that up on the UPCI Youth Ministries YouTube page there. And he gave, listen, if you missed it, you, you, you missed a great time. You want to go check that out. Uh, he gave so many practical tips um, about P7. So you want to go uh, out there and you want to go on that YouTube channel, UPCI Youth Ministries, and check that out because it was impactful and it was powerful. So you want to go check that out 100%. Um, so all these are recorded and are uploaded and they will happen on the last Monday of the month. So that's when um, these will always happen at 8 p.m. Central Time. So thank you again for joining in. Is there any other districts we missed? Anybody else? Anybody else before we we turn it over here tonight to our guest speaker? Anybody else? Any other any other district that we missed? Hawaii. Wow. I listen. I am in Ontario, Canada, where there is uh, snow and it's cold, and so I am. Je- oh, I see California. Oh my goodness. Listen, I am jealous. I am jealous, Wisconsin represent, yes, our P7 director right there. But I am jealous of those who are in hot climate right now. Um, and uh, and uh, you, I just, the envy is just so strong inside of me. I know in Texas right now, there's a snowstorm that's been awful there. So definitely got to remember to pray for those people that are there in Texas. Um, but let me just open us up in prayer here tonight. And again, I said, we're going to hear from our, our, our guest speaker tonight. And, and after he's done speaking, we're going to have a moment of Q&A. So if you have any questions for him about anything, um, just you can type it in here in the chat and, uh, and the questions will be answered. So it's going to be a great time again. And also, lastly, before I pray and turn it over to Brother Jackson here, um, you want to share this to your IG story and tag P7 clubs. Tag, let your friends know. Let the people in your youth group know. They might have a P7 club. They may not have a P7 club. 
Everybody's welcome to be on these calls. We're going to help inspire others, start P7 clubs, get involved in the kingdom. So just invite the people in your youth group, share this to your IG story, tag it to P7 clubs and say, I'm on P7 Zoom with the fam. Um, and let's have others enjoy this experience. So let me just pray and then turn over to Brother Jackson. God, thank you so much for this call tonight. God, thank you so much, Lord, for every person that has joined on with us tonight. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that the words we will hear from our guest speaker will impact us and touch us and we will leave here transformed. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Let me, here we go. Give me a quick second here. Let me turn over to our guest speaker. He doesn't need any introduction. Evangelist Victor Jackson. Brother Jackson, sir, the floor is yours. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak to us tonight. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to be a part of this call and uh, just to see so many from so different, so many different states to uh, join in. Uh, that means that there is an expectation, uh, there's a hunger, that there's a thirst uh, after the things of God and to be effective. So I give honor to every one of you. I'm so thankful for, uh, for the Seth boy, and his wife, and his uh, beautiful family. We appreciate so much uh, he and his leadership and all the leadership team of P7. Thank you for the Imani for allowing me to be a part, uh, get to get to speak to you again. And uh, well, here we are, guys. It, I guess I guess it's time to get in in this. Right. Uh, I tell you what, I, I look up to you guys because what you guys are doing in uh, middle school and high school, uh, you are on the cutting edge of leadership right now. Everyone is going through um, COVID. You guys have been trying to do P7 in the middle of everything going on. That's what you call leadership growth. That's what you call it. Any leader, every leader has to have adaptability. And what you guys have done, God has what some people don't encounter until they're like 20s and 30s and 40s, you guys are encountering as teenagers and you are still willing to do P7 meeting on Zoom calls uh, because you guys couldn't meet together. You're just coming up with incredible, uh, unique ideas and, and ways to uh, keep the mission out front. And I commend every one of you for that. Uh, it's easy to get uh lazy in this time it's easy to just tell people hey y'all go find jesus by yourself man look look it's covid I'm, I'm i'm tired you know i'm trying to figure everything out but here you guys are in the middle of everything going on in the world uh giving yourself to the kingdom of god and i i commend you uh for that and so i do want to leave uh, a lot of time for questions uh, because i feel like uh, there's going to be some questions that uh, I'll be able to address some things that can help you uh, in your club. What we have to uh, understand about being effective in any leadership capacity, uh, especially uh, when you're 
leading in Bible studies and leading in the way that you guys are leading at a young age. It is important to learn early. Uh, it's important to learn early to abide in the vine. Uh, someone just needs to write that in your notes. Someone just needs to say it. Someone needs to type it. Abide in the vine. The greatest success in ministry and leadership that you can have is to hold to your connection to Jesus Christ. If, if you are teaching Bible studies and putting all these meetings, all these Zoom calls together, but you have lost your connection to Jesus Christ, everything uh, that you're doing is in vain. And I know that's a strong statement. I know that's, I know that's tough. But everything that we are doing, Victor Jackson, everything that Victor Jackson is doing is in vain if I have lost that connection uh, to stay in the presence of God. It's easy to get busy. I love what one book uh, said. This is a great book. You guys need to write this book down in the comments. Ordering Your Private World. Uh, someone type that in for me. Ordering Your Private World uh, by Gordon McDonald. Ordering Your Private World by Gordon McDonald. In that book, he makes a statement and he says, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. Beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Meaning we can get so busy that we neglect the most important thing. And that is having our private life with God developed. Uh, we can get so busy putting things together and, and putting events together and making sure this one's okay. But if you can learn early that the most important thing that you can do in the day is to make sure that you have spent time in the presence of God. Out of that abiding, Jesus said, if you abide in the vine, you will bear forth fruit. You will bear forth fruit. And he didn't say that you'll just bear fruit. He said you'll bear fruit, much fruit, more fruit. And more importantly, here it is, last of all, remaining fruit. My word, I know everybody wants that in your P7. You want people to remain. I'm tired of people coming one time and then I don't see them until next semester. Come on, somebody. I'm tired of them just coming, check us out, and then we don't see them. And then they feel guilty every time they see us in the cafeteria. Like, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. They know they lying. They know. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't want to just have visitors. Come on, somebody. I, I want some people to make some radical decisions uh, to spend their life and eternity uh, with Jesus Christ. It, does anybody else have that desire? Amen. So, so, it, so 
if we're going to be effective, he said, if you don't abide in the vine, he said, you're good for nothing, cast into the fire. If we're not having, you should love your P7 so much that you pray for it every week. You should love those students so much that you spend time in the word of God getting a message every week. I'm not talking about throwing a message together. Boy, I feel some conviction already. I'm not talking about uh, that that early. Come on, a few hours before the meeting, you kind of throw a few scriptures together, watch a few YouTube videos, still a few quotes. <laughs> Ooh, Lord in heaven. Uh, you need to love your, your P7 group so much that you're willing to study and pr- I'm telling you, if you get this now, you are going to be far beyond anything that you can imagine. Anything that you can, you will be, become greater. If you can develop these habits now, you, you, are, you are being prepared. What you're putting into this P7, I want to, I want to give you a revelation. How you are handling your leadership in the P7 now, here it is. You will handle later as you grow up. You know, some people say, well, when I turn 30, you know, I'm really going to be serious about souls and stuff. When I turn 25, when I go to Bible college, when I do this, I'm, re- I'm really, no, if you're procrastinating now, hear me, you will procrastinate later. I'm telling you, I am telling you. How can I tell you? I- I've lived this. I, I, I used to say that all the time when I was like 20, you know, when I do, when I, in a year or two, <laughs> isn't it amazing when it comes to devotion, it's always later. It's never now. Come on, somebody. It's always, I'm going to pray tomorrow. I, I, you know what? I'm going to fast next month. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm talking to somebody right now. Uh, uh, but if we can start putting our, our private life, investing 110% in our private life beyond everything else, that private life, out of that private life, fruit is just going to flow out of you where you won't have to force things to happen. Uh, people, people ask... You know, this may not be popular, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because this is just what I do. When I pray and fast, my, my priority is to come into alignment with Jesus Christ. My, my, uh, my priority is to, to get him. I'm not spending a lot of time commanding God to do stuff for me. I'm not spending a lot of time saying, God, you need to do this. You need to do this. No, I'm submitting my will to him and saying, God, whatever you want to do in me and through me, how do you want to do this? And I make sure I'm aligned with him. And it's once I get in alignment with him, all of a sudden it's like he already has fruit prepared. He's just waiting for us to get in alignment. You should not go a day. You should not go a week 
without repentance. Everybody say repent. And, and if you say, if you say, well, Brother Jackson, I, I don't have nothing to repent about. Oh, you better repent right now for that statement right there. Because there's always uh, ways that we can grow in our relationship with God uh, that God is one to prepare to take us uh, to another level. So the most important thing that you can do is stay current in your relationship with God. I remember uh, last year I preached to the, the CMIers at the beginning of the year, and, and I talked to them about uh, coming out of the corner, how, you know, the Apostle Paul said, uh, these things were not done in a corner. And I talked about how the corner is a place to regroup, a place to reflect, a place to get encouraged. But he said, things just don't get done there. The, the corner is not a place of action. So, so the only time you sharing your, the word of God can't be in the back corner of the campus teaching your piece of it. You know, in the, in the, in the room, in the third hall, five, five doors on the left, uh, uh, Mrs. McGrady's classroom, home economics. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It's amazing how some of these Bible studies, how they always put us in a room that, that, uh, that people don't even travel around. I don't know how it is for P7, but that's how it was in, in CMI. They put us in the back of the back. They put us, you know, but somewhere beyond the Bible study, uh, beyond the Bible study, People need to know that that P7 is on campus. There needs to be somewhere where you're out in the middle of what's going on. Whatever is the busiest place in that campus, they need to know that there's a Bible study going on. If the Bible study is not taking place there, uh, y'all need to send someone from the Bible study to, to point a finger and say, hey, if you want to learn about Jesus, is in this classroom where where we're having it. But that type of boldness only comes out of being in the presence of God. Um, I shared a story several years ago. There was a shooting uh, on um, the Florida State University campus. And with this shooting on the FSU campus, it was a shooting in the library. It's in 2014, about November 2014. With this shooting in the library, um, like uh, people were injured uh, and people were killed. And there were people, I was leading the campus ministry at that time in the Florida district. So there were people that were uh, CMIers that attended Florida State University. And they were on campus when that happened. So I was literally so worried. I went into prayer. It was like five o'clock in the morning. I went to prayer. I, I was just so burdened and just praying that, that these campus ministers were safe because I heard people were shot and killed. Well, I found out that they were okay. And so Florida State University is about three hours away from me. I drove three hours to go to gather with them just to pray that there would be peace. When I got there, 
Florida State University is a campus of thousands upon thousands of students. You could hear a pin drop on that campus. It was complete silence. It was complete fear. It was complete worry. And so much to where I said, well, let's all find a place to pray. So about 15 uh, campus ministers gathered around me. We were about to pray. I said, where's the best place to pray? They said, well, over here. Well, we went by the library. When we went by the library where the shooting happened, there was caution tape all around. There were cops there. There was about 15 news reporters and about 400 students just standing off in the distance, just speechless, just afraid, just fearful. Well, I had come out of a prayer meeting and somehow the boldness of the Holy Ghost was on me. And right there, I, I yelled out. I said, hey, this is November 2014. I said, hey, can I have your attention? We're going to have prayer in this place. And the shooter is not going to get glory for what took place here today. I'm going to pray for peace. I'm going to pray for, for, for uh, God to remove worry. I'm going to pray for comfort right in the middle of it. And I said, why don't we all join together? I was expecting a few kids to gather around me. Over 250 kids gathered around me and they were just weeping. They were just, they were looking for hope. They were looking for answers. They were looking for someone that would exude the presence of God off of them in the middle of a crisis. They gathered around me. All of a sudden the reporters gathered around me. I said, well, uh, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Those reporters and, and these atheists all clapping their hands to the Lord. I said, let's join hands together. We join hands. I prayed. I prayed over them. The power of God hit. Atheists were crying in the arms of C.M. Myers. Uh, they were weeping. They were asking questions. God moved in a powerful way. Uh, the news reporters interviewed us, ABC News. Uh, uh, many other people interviewed us. It went all across the uh, news cycles, but we left there. And when we left there, uh, remember we prayed, we prepared our hearts. We were in alignment with God. When we left there, the people knew there was a CMI on that campus. Uh, but we, we couldn't see measure the fruit. You know what I mean? We knew something happened, but we couldn't really measure what all God did. We just knew something powerful happened. People were ministered to. Well, I shared that story for the first time in like six years at, at the CMI conference in January. You need to hear this. I shared this story. And after I shared this story, a girl came up to me and she said, I remember you. At the CMI campus, uh, uh, at the CMI conference, this is six years later, this girl comes up to me. She says, I remember you. She said, I was a freshman at Florida State University. I didn't know God. I never served God. But after that shooting happening, I heard you call us to come and pray. She said, I came over to pray with y'all and I'll never forget. She said, that was the first time I ever felt the presence of God in my life. Look what she said. She said, two years later, I, I moved after I graduated a few years later, 
I, I, two years later, she got saved. And when she got saved, she went to Wisconsin. She was born again of the water and of the spirit. She went to Wisconsin. And when she got to Wisconsin, she's in the Hanthorns church. She began to be a part of CMI and ministering to other people. But she didn't get into church until years later. What, well, what am I saying? I'm telling you, when you stay in alignment with God and in your relationship with God, fruit is coming even if you don't see it now. You may not see fruit, see all the fruit until you get into college. You may not see all the fruit until you're grown preaching across the nation. You may not see all the fruit. Oh, Lord. But if you stay in alignment, I guarantee you, according to the word of the Lord, fruit is going to come out of it. So that girl is now ministering in CMIs. But the first time she felt the presence of God was when we were on that campus six years prior, being a light. You are being a light where people, when they go through a struggle, they're going to glean from these experiences with P7 through your life. But you have to make sure that you're remaining current in your relationship with God. Your P7, it's worth preparing for. Don't just throw messages together. Get some series together. Get some interesting series together. Uh, develop some small curriculum. C come on, somebody. Uh, they want to know how to walk with the Lord. Do a five-week series on walking with the Lord. <laughs> they want to know how to uh, how to witness, do a four week series on witnessing. Come on. Don't, don't let every one of your weeks be a complete different message all the time. Let there be a, a teaching development, a teaching curriculum. And I know that you guys probably have curriculum and things like that, but if you abide in the vine, fruit is going to come, come forward. Um, I got so much that I could, uh, say about that, but I've probably been going long, already and I, I, i've got more that i want to add but does anyone have any questions while we're in the middle of this what, what do you think Imani? uh you think we have time for some questions right now yes we do bro you you can you can keep going if you got some other stuff how some questions how, how long how long do you guys normally do this call about half an hour left about half an hour left so that means i, I that means i got i got a little bit more preach on me <laughs> take your time <laughs> amen amen uh wh what i'm saying is don't get discouraged when you don't see something immediately happen in your p7 i want to remind you something when you stay in alignment with god in prayer and study and consecration and dedication and fasting you are sowing seeds, not only into the student, students, but you're sowing seeds into your own destiny for tomorrow. You are preparing yourself for the rest of your life. Look, I, I never, I didn't feel called to ministry when I started teaching Bible studies on my campus. I didn't feel called to ministry. I was just teaching Bible studies. I was just helping people and teaching and Look, when I say teaching, I promise you, I wasn't as good as y'all were. You know what we, you know what I did when I first started teaching Bible studies on campus? I printed out like 15 handouts 
to these students, international students, and I read it word for word. And I allowed them to read it word for word. And literally, how I got a video of my first Bible study that I did. And it's under, I got like six, six locks on it. It's, it's locked away in a chamber with like angels guarding it. I'm getting it. Totally kidding. But, <laughs> but literally, you know how I was teaching? I was like this. Uh, hey, 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 everyone. Uh, 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 God's good. <laughs> um, you, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you guys, uh, everybody good there? Uh, that, bro, this is how I was teaching. You, you, you know, the Bible, the, the, the Bible says, uh, uh, when, when you go, uh, when we, uh, when, 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 when we all, I mean, that was my Bible study. Like, like I stuttered like crazy, but I stepped out in faith to just try to help somebody listen. But I didn't realize while I was helping people. God was transforming me. I didn't realize that he was putting a burden in my heart, that he was wanting to do something in me while I was helping other people. And my Bible studies that I was doing on that campus eventually led to God calling me to the ministry. But the question is, if, what if I never taught Bible studies? Would he have ever called me into ministry? I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have, but when he saw my availability to reach and to prepare seriously, he drew, drew me deeper into his presence. And I'm telling you the same things happening to you guys while you're studying, while you're giving yourself to this, while you are preparing, God is preparing you for some great things that are coming um, later. Um, are there any questions? Yes, yeah, so guys, if anybody has any questions, just type them up in the chat here. Um, any questions, Brother Jackson here can um, tackle them here tonight. If you got any questions, um, go ahead and type them in the it's chat. All, it, it, it's all about abiding in the vine. While, while you guys are getting those questions ready, um, I want to tell you, um, did, did anyone, uh, did anyone see, uh, when I went to Minneapolis, when I went to Minneapolis to pray for the protesters and the police officers and things of that nature, you see, people see these events, uh, they see these things that happen. But can I give you a little bit of the backstory that just led to me doing that? I'm going to give you a little bit of the backstory, and I'm going to show you the life that I live. There's nothing special about me. The greatest thing about me is my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, and I know that as long as I stay in relationship with him, that I'm going to be victorious, that I'm going to be successful that God can use me, but in my flesh, there dwells no good thing, but in him dwells everything that is good. I want to tell you how 
in my relationship with God, I learned to hear the voice of God. And I learned to know when he wants me to do something and when he doesn't want me to do something. And I remember December 2019, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Victor, I do not want you to uh, uh, put out a, a video of yourself. I don't want you to do an inspirational video of yourself. He said, I don't want you to release any of your books. He said, I don't want you to start a podcast. He said, I just want you to just keep your mouth shut. I, I don't want you to say anything. He said, I'll let you do your little post on Instagram every now and again. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Uh, but, but he said, I don't want you to do any videos or anything like that. I said, okay, well, that was in December, 2019. Well, March comes, February comes, I mean, January, February, then March comes. And in March, the, the whole world shut down. And the only way to get a message out was through a video, through, through a podcast and through a book. And the Lord said, you're not going to do that. He said, if people ask you to do do that for them you could do it I said but don't you do it i said okay so i didn't so in march i'm like i'm watching literally like the world be destroyed before my eyes right and there's nothing that i can do about it god has me completely shut down march passes april passes the majority of may passes he still has me on shutdown but finally after uh, a few days after george floyd was uh, uh, was killed and there was that national and worldwide uproar and division. Uh, I was burdened, but then I woke up that morning and I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me and say, Victor, I'm releasing you. I'm releasing you off. You can do a video. You can do a podcast. And I was like, are you sure? It was six months. It was six months. He goes, I'm, you do whatever you need. I was like, okay, well, you know what I did? I went in my office and I recorded a 20 minute message to preach to the world. And after I was done, the Lord spoke and said, Victor, that ain't it, delete it. I'm like, uh, God, could you at least told me before I started that? <laughs> and, then, and then I went on Instagram live and I went on Instagram live and I tried to minister to people that way. And the Lord said, delete it, that ain't it either. So I was literally like for six hours, I was, I was like depressed in my bed trying to figure out what God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Cause I'm not going anywhere. Remember I'm abiding in the vine. I'm not going anywhere in my own flesh. Finally, the Lord spoke to me, said, Victor, why don't you go there? Go there. And I said, okay. And, and that's how it happened. It didn't come out of me initiating or me pushing some agenda or anything great in myself but it was me having a relationship with god abiding in him and knowing when's the right time to respond and there's been so much fruit that's come out of that people when i left people they put a baptistry in the spot that i prayed they started baptizing people in jesus name uh, a few days later they brought another baptistry they started baptizing scores of people in jesus name People went to UPCI churches. They were born again of the water and the spirit all across the country. It was tremendous all that happened, but it all came from our ability uh, to abide in the vine. And I'm saying that 
If you abide in the vine and keep your relationship with God the priority, fruit is just going to happen. It's going to happen. Now let's take a look at these questions. Yes, here's the, the first one that came in. Took a photo of it, so I have them all here. It says, how do you witness to someone who is interested in the Holy Ghost or being Pentecostal or apostolic? So how do you witness to someone who's interested in receiving the Holy Ghost? Um, if they're interested um, in receiving the Holy Ghost, um, if they're interested, uh, look, let, let me tell you something. There, there's... There's two places that you have within your power to pray them through. See, this is what we do. This is what makes us different. This is what makes uh, us different than any other denomination is because we don't only preach it, we experience it. Meaning, meaning we, we'll talk about the Holy Ghost, but now we can walk them through steps to actually receiving uh, the Holy Ghost. So if someone's interested, you ask them, uh, they're interested, you ask them, now, it, when would you like to receive it? You tell them, I could pray for you uh, today, you know, after school in this P7 Bible study. Uh, we have a youth group uh, service that meets on Fridays. I could pray with you there. Uh, uh, you can come to church with me Sunday and we'll pray for you at my church. If they're already interested, then you you've already witnessed. If they're, if they're, if, if they're interested already, then you don't have to convince them to get it. They want it. So all that's left is to guide them into the necessary steps into receiving it. So you tell them, number one, you got to believe. Uh, number two, the only thing that can hinder you from receiving the Holy Ghost is if you don't repent over your sins. Right? And then you go through what repentance is. Repentance is saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. God, uh, forgive me, cleanse me. Uh, and when you do that, and, and as you explain to that, you tell them, now it can happen anywhere. It can happen at home. It can happen right now. It can happen at church. It's when you, you want it. The next step is to take them in to guide them into that experience if they're already interested. Great. Wow. Powerful response. Here's another one. There's a, we were bombarded with questions there as you were sharing your experience in Minneapolis. It says, how do you determine um, when to read the word for devotion and ministering to people? So I guess getting the balance right, like, yeah. between the two great question yeah yeah great question you know it's literally you know you have to find the best time that works for you and really you find the best time that works for you through trial and error so you at least need to schedule a time to get into the word of god uh whether in the morning whether in the afternoon whether after a class whether during lunch whether in the evening you need to schedule a time to get into the word of God. And what happens is as you try to obey that time, you're going to find out if that time works for you or it doesn't. If you say, well, I like, I want to try to read at night. Well, you start trying to read the Bible at night. But you keep falling asleep. Then you realize, okay, that ain't working. I can't do it at night. And then you just try to do it another time. 
So you got the best time for you. Uh, you got to find the best time for you and the best time that works for you. Uh, I've tried it. I've tried to read my Bible in the afternoons and in the evenings. And I realized it's not the best time for me. I'm distracted. Uh, uh, I, I'm just so many things I'm juggling. I'm trying to get done. So I realized the best time for me is early in the morning. It's for me to just get up or when, as soon as I get up, whatever time you get up, as soon as I get up, I try to get into the word of God. And just so it can be, I can get that done, give him my first fruits to uh, give him my time. Uh, and that I found that that works best for me. So it's through trial and error. You grow in the struggle of devotion. You, you grow in that struggle. At least you have to at least try. But you can't be like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to read today. Huh. I wonder if I'm going to pray today. If you if you wonder, it ain't going to happen. So you got to be intentional with your time and scheduling it. Wow, these are great responses. Great questions. Still got a lot to work through here. Again, guys, to pause, post this to your IG story. Tag P7. Please, some golden stuff. Tag some of these quotes we got here. Here's another question. It says, how do you encourage a young person who wants to go after God, but they're struggling with trusting in him? Say it again. How do you encourage a young person who wants to, to go after the Lord, but they're struggling with their trust in him? Um, you know, and I, I think personal experiences are so important. Uh, you're there to be a connection and, and a testimony. The, the worst thing that you can do, can I, I'm about to help you. Are you ready for this? The worst thing you can do in your P7 is to act like you're perfect. That's, if you want to lose effectiveness in your ministry, act like you never had a struggle. Boy, y'all going to throw me out of here. Y'all about somebody about to turn me off right now. Uh, what makes you relatable, come on, somebody, is that you're human. So you have to be a bridge into his presence to say, look, I've struggled with that as well, but this is how I got through it. This is how I overcame it. Come on. And you become a bridge into his presence. Think about it with me. Jesus, uh, uh, the creator of the world, God, he created everything. Listen, but he could not be effective with mankind until he became man. I want you to think about that. That's the word. Amen. That's it. That's the word of God. Uh, God could only do so much. He could only do so much in the heavenlies, abstract, unrelatable. He never cried in the Old Testament. Come on. He never wept in the Old Testament. He never knew what it felt like to encounter depression. So how you can you help me if you never felt it? So he became flesh that he might be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So he could weep like you wept. So he could feel depression like you felt. So he could feel anxiety like you felt. So he can relate to you to deliver you. And come on, somebody. And so his greatest effectiveness, watch this, 
is when he came, is when he showed us his humanity. And think about it. We only have access to God through the humanity of Jesus Christ. And some people's only access to seeing God keep them is when you are a bridge letting them know that he kept you. He's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He had to, he had to become one of us that he might save us and relate to us. And people need to know that you've encountered similar pains to be a bridge. And so I struggle with trust issues as well because I went through this and that, but God kept me. I learned to trust him. I learned to overcome it and, and you will too. And there's people at my church just like you and you're gonna come through this. That's how you encourage them. Wow, that is so good. That is so good. That is so good. Another question here. It's just how do you continue in ministry um, while going through a really dry spiritual wilderness? So how do you ministry minister effectively while you're struggling yourself in the wilderness? Oh, hey, hey, that's some real talk right there, huh? That's that real talk. <laughs> that's that that's that real talk. Yeah, you know, when you're in a dry season. Oh, Lord. It's amazing with, with uh, uh, plants and trees. When, when it goes through a, a dry season, the roots go down deeper. Oh, Lord. The, the roots go down deeper seeking for water. Mm. And, and when you're in a dry season, God uses dry seasons to push you into a desperation for him. Uh, you can be effective is what I said. It goes back to the vine. If in your dry season, the most important thing that matters to you is the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after the old God, is that I'm going after God. It's very interesting. You talk about being effective in the wilderness. John the Baptist started his ministry in the wilderness. During John the Baptist's time, everybody else was starting their ministry in the synagogues. They were starting their ministry in the synagogues. But John said, no, I'm going to start my ministry in the wilderness. Watch this. The place where there's no people. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to, he's, he started his ministry in a place that, where he was lonely. Hmm. A place where he felt almost disconnected from others. But it's in that place he tapped into something from God that was able to bless others. So let your sole priority be, God, I need you and I need your word. And you're going to be effective. You're going to be effective. But don't think you're disqualified just because you're dry. Because God uses a dry season to uh, develop uh, a desperation in you. Um, so many things. Uh, that I can say that I've gone through dry seasons, but you know what? You have to remain faithful because you have to remain faithful and not get caught up in your feelings. Some people, if they don't feel good, they stop ministering. If they don't feel as spiritual, they give P7 a break. It's not about feelings. It's about being faithful. And some people just need to walk, watch you keep walking when you don't feel anything. That so they can be encouraged. 
That's how you minister. Because God uses real life examples to minister. You see, when you step into ministry, you're ministering far beyond uh, your, your words. You're ministering far beyond your words. You're ministering out of your personal experience, out of your life. What makes you effective in ministry is the life that you live. Go ahead. Wow, that's great. Not about feeling, but about being faithful. Here's another question. Um, essentially, what, what they're asking is, what, what advice would you give to try and bring students, um, basically backsliders, maybe in youth groups and students who've turned away back to the Lord? Great. Great question. Um, what we need to do when we see someone struggling, this happens in youth groups. I've seen this happen. When people start struggling, people begin to create distance from them while they're struggling. And instead of making invitations for them to come out to eat, you see, some people that, that backslide, what they're looking for is some, somebody to show that they care, somebody to give them some type of attention when, and to, we got to get delivered from uh, the individuality of, that exists in youth groups where people get in clicks and it's like, Hey, if you're not in my clique and you're struggling, you just go do your thing. We're doing our thing. Something in our hearts have to be intentional about bridging the gap to somebody that's struggling. And when you see them struggling saying, Hey, uh, we're, we're out, we're going out to eat. We want you to come where the only place they connect with you should not only uh, be in the church. There needs to be, if they're struggling with spiritual things, it, we can't create a climate where the only time they see us is when we have a Bible in our hands. You get what I'm saying? They're struggling spiritually. And that's where that heart to heart relationship has to come in, where we are intentional about reaching out and spending uh, some time with them, with the youth group. Hey, when, at the youth group, we're, we're going to play some ping pong over here. We're just hanging out. Uh, we might pray afterwards, but we're just hanging out. I mean, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And if we are going to be uh, the friend of God to this generation, we need to uh, be friends to people that are hurting uh, be friends to people that are struggling now. Now, if they, now people say, well, I'm a little scared to minister to them because what they struggle with or is kind of what I struggle with too. Well, here's how you measure. If people, if you're trying to minister to somebody that's backsliding and their negative influences start influencing you more than your positive influences are influencing them, that means you got to step back. But as long as you're able to make a positive influence, we need to take 
necessary steps to be a positive influence. Check on them. Don't just invite them to church. Invite them to do fun things with the youth group. Invite them to do, uh, make relational. You know, church is about relationships. And so it's being intentional about connecting, not just with the Bible in our hand, not just with church on Sunday and, and youth service on, on Friday, but making connections in that week to let them know that we care for them. That's great. We'll do a few more here. Here's a question that came in. Um, it's more of a personal one. It says, how do you write and, and prepare for a message? Uh, you know, I do a lot of reading. You know, I do a lot of reading. I read the Bible uh, a lot. And what happens is, this is what I love about the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God is so relevant because it's like it grows up with you. Meaning, uh, when you read the Bible, you read a certain verse in certain seasons, it means something different according to the season that you're in. So I want to give you an example. There's a scripture that says that children are as the arrows of the Lord. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So if you know that scripture in Bible Quizen and you quote it, you know the scripture, you read it, you quote it in Bible Quizen, awesome. But if you're 75 years old with 20 grandkids and you quote that same scripture, it means something so much deeper to you. And when something means something to you, that becomes like a birthplace of revelation and understanding and connect. So when I read Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, and when I read through the Bible, uh, if I'm reading the Psalms and Psalms is talking about uh, praising the Lord, if I'm in like a joyous season, uh, man, that's just ministering to me. It's like, wow, this is powerful. I'm going to write some notes down. Use a notepad and write down notes when you read the Bible. Uh, I'm like, man, but if I'm like in a hurting season, I'm sorry. Psalm 150 ain't really helping me. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, that's really, you know, I'm just, I'm hurting. But, you know, if I go to another part in Psalms where Psalms talks about how, how David says he was betrayed and he was hurt, felt his heart being torn in pieces, man. That ministers to me so much. So you write notes down in it and you get revelation and it gives you different nuances of that scripture and, and how it looks. And so my, my process is different. It's just reading, take notes every time that you read things that stick out to you, keep a notepad. And every time you're going to find something different about that same passage, depending on what season you're in. And it becomes the birthplace of a message that becomes the birthplace of getting insight into the scripture. Hope that helps. Yes, great response. All right, a couple more. It says, this one says, have you found that being bold in, in preaching slash prayer slash evangelizing is something you can continually improve on? Or is it more just listening to God's voice and acting on it in that specific moment? So is it something that grows over time or is it just being plugged in for that exact scenario? That's a great question. I, uh, it depends on, you know, I think it's different for everybody. Um, but I feel like there's moments. It's about the right moment. There's moments to be bold and there's moments to be quiet. You know, someone that's bold all the time is, is a person that 
probably doesn't have long lasting relationships and friendships because people don't want to uh, be corrected or uh, hear somebody being loud all the time. Come on, somebody. I felt a witness. I felt a witness right there. Somebody felt, felt that. Hey, thank you for everything. Appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Um, um, and so it's about being sensitive. See, we like putting God in unique categories. Like God only hears the bold prayers. He only hears. And it's not true. God hears what he wants to hear. It, whether it's quiet, whether it's from a babe, whether it's from, I think it's just being sensitive to whatever God wants us to do. And I think as we develop a sensitivity to him, we will obey quicker. We will obey with more confidence. And yes, he will give us situations where he's like, I need you to be bold in this moment. We can hear his voice clearly and feel it clearly. But it's just all about abiding in the vine and everything else will fall into place. Awesome. Last question here, Brother Jackson. Then I'm going to ask you to give one last word of advice to everybody on and just pray over us tonight and we'll wrap it up here. Here's a, it's an interesting question. Um, this person is saying that they're, they're, I guess they're involved with CMI and they, and they live in uh, the UK. They say the campus ministry is a new department for our young people in Britain. How do we continually encourage our young people to be a light in a place that they may feel is uh, so contradictory to the environment that they are in, being apostolic and living for the Lord? Um, I think the biggest thing is with that type of environment, you know, uh, I know that they're intellectuals. Uh, uh, these are uh smart people uh, in Britain, they think of everything uh, logically. Uh, and you have to believe that the word of God won't come back void. Um, and you just have to teach it in confidence. Don't be intimidated um, by, let me turn this light on for y'all. Uh, don't be intimidated uh, by you being so contradictory that you don't have a confidence in the word of the Lord. So you have to teach it with confidence. Christianity is the greatest philosophy. Uh, it, it ministers to the mind. It ministers to the heart. It is the only religion that reaches for the whole man. It's the greatest. It, it makes the most sense. So if they are thinkers, then give yourself to the word of God where you can present uh, a convincing argument for why it's the greatest experience to be a Christian and, and that, that it would make the most sense for them to be a Christian and make it that exciting and appeal to it. Uh, almost as the apostle Paul did dealing with the uh, philosophers of his day and the Stoics where he said, he said, you know, let me show you who the unknown God is. Uh, he was appealing to their intellect. And so just whatever their, um, their, whatever you feel like there's a contradiction, make the word of God appeal to them in their own unique setting. If you're in the country 
uh, appeal to them with the word of God, where Jesus talked about sowing seeds, the farmer went and sowed seeds. Uh, if they are, uh, if they are into laws, uh, present the legal arguments of uh, the person, the woman being caught in the act of adultery and how she and the adulterer should have been stoned, but Jesus stepped in. You see, you can make the word of God convincing according to the unique setting that you're teaching the word of God. That's powerful. That's powerful. All right, guys, we're going to end it here. Brother Jackson, if you could leave us with one last word and just pray. Again, I encourage everybody. This was awesome. And the last Monday of each month, we are going to be back next month. Stay tuned. Look at the P7 Club's IG page and follow it if you don't already. If you aren't, then you're missing out. There's going to be amazing news on our next guest speaker. And so you do not want to miss these out. Post this to your story, a quote from tonight um, that impacted you and and tag P7 because Brother Jackson, though, could you give us the last just a, one piece of advice for every P7 leader that is on tonight and uh, just pray over us and we'll wrap this up tonight. Um, guys, it's just, it's just time. It, it's time to take up our cross. Uh, it's time to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is the time. Uh, this isn't the time to be frivolous. It's not the time to... Uh, be walking folly it's not the time to walk away it's time to get serious it's time to take up our cross and i thank you so much for answering that call and god's going to use us and we're going to reach the world and it's going to happen i'm thoroughly convinced uh, that this is our this is our greatest hour and i'm excited to labor alongside each and every one of you Lord Jesus, right now, I thank you for every person that is on this call. Lord, I thank you for them taking time out of their schedules. It's late at night uh, where many of them are. But God, they are so hungry for your word and they're so hungry to learn. Uh, they were willing to stay up to hear the fresh word of God. God, I'm speaking the blessing on every one of them. Let there be a confidence from the Holy Ghost that comes upon them. Let their lives be changed forever and let them be a conduit of change to their local P7 groups. God, I'm asking you to break chains on, on their youth, youth groups and break chains on their campuses. Let them be a light and let them not be fearful of being a light. And Lord, and though weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. And although Things may not happen as quickly as they would like. God, I ask that your anointing would encourage them to continue to be faithful and endure because there is a harvest. There is a change. There is a transformation that's going to come and you're going to use them for your glory in a mighty way. Baptize them with the anointing. Give them vision this year. Let them not walk in worry or fear or anxiety or depression. Let them walk in the fervor and in the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on this P7 podcast today. We hope that you feel inspired to unlock your faith, unleash truth, elevate Christ, and serve others. 
in your home, in your church, in your community, in your school. Uh, if you want more information about Project 7 Bible Clubs, uh, visit p7clubs.com, and we've got incredible resources ready for you right there.